Step into the world of power, loyalty, and luck. I'm gonna make him an offer he can't refuse. With family, cannolis, and spins mean everything. Now, you wanna get mixed up in the family business. Introducing The Godfather at ChompaCasino.com. Test your luck in the shadowy world of the Godfather slot. Someday, I will call upon you to do a service for me. Play the Godfather, now at ChampaCasino.com. Welcome to the family. No purchase necessary. VGW Group. Voidware prohibited by law. 18 plus. Terms and conditions apply. With the Lucky Land slots, you can get lucky just about anywhere. This is your captain speaking. Uh, we've got clear runway and the weather's fine, but we're just going to circle up here a while and uh, get lucky. No, no, nothing like that. It's just these cash prizes add up quick. So I suggest you sit back, keep your tray table upright, and start getting lucky. Play for free at LuckyLandSlots.com. Are you feeling lucky? No purchase necessary. Void where prohibited by law. 18 plus terms and conditions apply. See website for details. Okay, round two. Name something that's not boring. A laundry? Ooh, a book club. Computer solitaire, huh? Ah, oh, sorry. We were looking for Chumba Casino. That's right. Chumbacasino.com has over 100 casino-style games. Join today and play for free for your chance to redeem some serious prizes. Chumbacasino.com. No purchase necessary. Forward, prohibited by law. 18 plus. Terms and conditions apply. See website for details. Hey, Fi fans. It's Michelle Joy Phelps, and I'm joined now with Malik Scott. Malik, it has been forever been since while, I've seen time. you. How are you? I'm good. I'm good. Um, as you can see, the new position I have in this um, this boxing game, I've embraced it. Um, I've really been enjoying it. I've been enjoying it because because of the student that I'm training, which is Deontay Wilder. He's been very receptive. I keep using that word because it's the most important word to me. That's going to define his victory come Saturday night. And um, I've been enjoying it. We've been creating, and everything has been going well. Let's talk a bit about the the transition into that new role. I know that you guys have always been great friends. Right. You guys previously have fought many years back in Puerto Rico. I remember mm-hmm. I was there for that. Yep. But um, what what was the conversation like when that it sort of came about? Uh, it was literally the night after the fight. Mm-hmm. Um, oh, so straight away? No, it was straight away, okay. immediately. Wow. And what was crazy about it is, because, you know, like, after Saturday, you know, we all leave and go home on Sunday morning. Mm-hmm. I was so tore down from the fight and Deontay losing. I just, from there, I went up to his room, told him goodbye, I love him, everything, we'll get together. And I went to my room, grabbed my luggage, and then I just left. And uh, while, when I left, I went back to California. By the time I got back to Cali, Deontay, Deontay was on his way from here onto his home in LA. And he called me like three, four in the morning. You could tell he was you know, a little disappointed and down. And I just heard it in his voice. And he said, bro, you know, the change is being made and I want you to come in. I need your knowledge, I need your experience, I need your energy, mm-hmm. and um, you know, I want you to help me to get this thing back for a second time. And uh, like I keep telling everybody, I was insulted that he asked me because I'd do anything for him. Mm-hmm. Um, we start working, first we start working in LA. Uh, well, before that, the, the, the film study I was doing a lot, and we were sharing just boxing dialogue three mm-hmm. or four times a week. Then we end up training in LA a few sessions, and then we end up moving camp to uh, Alabama. And but, but even before that, Michelle Deontay had three, two, two and a half training camps he was in doing strength and condition uh, for this fight. But it got it got postponed more and more and more. But the last time. Um, uh, it didn't, and I went to uh, Alabama. I set up shop there, basically lived there for the last four or five months or whatever it's ever been, if not mm-hmm. more. And uh, we've just been having a good time. Even when the fight got postponed, 
you know, none of us, none of us really left and went home and got totally relaxed. A lot of us, you know, we gave Deontay off. We came up with a plan. Um, he did, he, even though he took that time off, he still was training, doing certain things. But as far as the boxing, we took our foot off the gas. They gave us a new date, and we had our foot back on the gas. And the rest is history. We here now, but it's been a lot, a long road, and. Um, uh, for him to get back in this position. He didn't. He made sure he didn't do it alone. He brought people on board. He brought our nutritionist jacket. He brought Dr. Alamin on board. He, uh, obviously, I'm the head trainer now. And he just, you know, we still got Joey Scott as the strength guy. And everyone have stepped up their levels on whatever it is that they do for him. Mm -hmm. You know what I mean? So it's been good. So there's been a lot of controversy surrounding the decisions. Obviously, his reasons are personal, and he has every right to make those decisions. But a lot of people felt that in on the night, mm -hmm. the right decision was made, that, that no one wants to see Deontay permanently injured. No one wants to see any major damage. No one wants to see him get to a point where he can't fight again and continue to provide for his family, right? right. So... When that time, in, in that moment, did, did you also feel that it was premature? Did, did you guys have any sort of conversation in regards to that? Because me, from, from my perspective, I care about D. I, I think he's a great guy. I've known him forever. I thought that was the right decision. Right. So you're asking me, did I feel that same way as well? Right. In the moment, like. In, in, uh, in, in the moment, if anyone, all of us who, you know, because if you're coming from a place of love and care, that's the obvious thought or the obvious mm -hmm. feeling. But then me, I'm knowing how passionate he's always been and how adamant he's always been about never having the towel thrown in, especially never having the towel thrown in by a trainer that doesn't even check with no one else before they throw the towel in. It's not like the round before he told Deontay, um, give me one more round, show me something while I'm going to throw the towel in. It's not like he tapped JDs and then threw the towel in. He just took... He just took it into his own hands and threw the towel in. So the way it was done, not the fact that it was done, it's the way it was done. It was uh, it was the intent behind it, behind it as far as Deontay feeling and as far as you know he's concerned about it. So it's like I understand people from afar feeling that way, but at the same time, as as his head trained, I got an obligation to to him, and that's just not to to train him and make sure he's good physically mentally and spiritually and everything, but it's also to abide by his obligation. His obligation is he'll rather go out on his shield. And we're going to say Saturday night, shit hit the fan, he's in that position. I'm not throwing no towel because I know what, hit, what his intent is to do to the other guy. Mm -hmm. I say it again, Deontay Wilder hits people and trying to send him to the next dimension. He's went on record and say he wants a body on his record. Mm -hmm. He doesn't mind none of that. So a man that speak like that, and he tell me, and he make me understand that I, that could never happen, a towel getting thrown in. And he'd been talking about this for years, even before, like, the last fight. And it happened, and he, you know, he, he made his decision. Malik, mm -hmm. at the same time, you know, not saying that this is going to happen, but at the same time, one must say on your, on, from your perspective is to protect him and make right. sure that he never gets permanently injured. No one right. wants to see anybody, especially my, my, my their fighter. Right, my preparation mm -hmm. uh, for him come into preparation. Like, you know what I mean? My, my, that's how I give my protection. Mm -hmm. But when you got someone that as strong spiritually and warrior mentality as like Deontay, he's so adamant about that. And if Deontay was the type of guy that didn't say the things he wanted to do to other fighters maliciously and send them to next dimensions and get a body on his record, I would feel like we'll say the regular civilian feel about it, like, no, you have to protect him. But I can't know the fighter I train and how I'm training him and what I'm training him to do to other people. I can't, I can't, um, I can't, like, I have to, I have to follow the obligation of what he want when that's done. 
So even from the comfort of our couch when we're talking about it, you know, I don't want, never want no towel thrown in on Huntington. I can't wait until we get into the war and say, yeah, he told me that on the couch, but that was then. This is, I can't take, no, 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 no. Uh -uh. You out to get people? And he's under, he's, he has a clear understanding of this. When you out to get someone and you out to take a life, you risking your life to do that. And he said this. This is very, very harsh for people to hear and it's very uncomfortable for people to hear, even though we're in a sport where these kind of things happen. And I, even when I play devil's advocate, mm -hmm. uh, Michelle, I'm understanding to people that say, Mm, well, Mark did the right thing. Well, you know, I care about Deontay. I understand you guys as well, but at the same time, I understand Deontay more. And the reason I understand him more, and I keep saying it because I know what he's trying to do to people. I know what his goal is. His goal is to take you to the next dimension and send you there and go. D has actually said before, he's like, I'd rather die in the ring, right? right? Nobody wants to see that, though. Right. Nobody wants to see that. Right. So, but because he says that, is that sort of where you guys all stand? Like, are you are you prepared to sort of ever let that get to that point? Not saying that it's going to happen. No, 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 but yeah. I mean, like, just I'm, in I'm general. Prepared. I'm prepared for anything that comes with the casualties of war when it comes to this boxing game, and um, uh, and this is coming from someone that 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 wasn't my mentality when I'm in the ring, but what I am going to do is honor my brother and what he said, his request, absolutely. I have to honor that because right. there's no game. He, he's never made me feel like this is some joke. He's never made me feel like this is something I'm saying for the cameras, bro. No, 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 when you got a man that's very adamant and he's telling people publicly and worldwide, I want to catch a body on my record. I'm yeah. trying to send people to the next dimension. It's almost like, it's almost like that makes me feel even more confident of never throwing the towel in. The shit sounds crazy, but I would abide by what he said and what he lived by and everything when it comes to that. Because once again, I know what he's trying to do to other fighters. And not only that, I, I, I highly request, highly request, and, I, and, and the, anybody that's boxing this guy, if you get him in a vulnerable position, finish him. Because if he gets you in a vulnerable position, Deontay Wilder's not showing no mercy. He's trying to send you somewhere. And that goes, and it goes both ways. Mm -hmm. I'm not just saying it for him, obviously. He's mm -hmm. my brother and the man that I'm training, the fighter I'm training. But it also goes with, I'm giving everyone fear warning. Mm -hmm. When y'all fighting this dude, and y'all get, if y'all get him in a position, and y'all able to get him out of there and send, you, take your chance, because mm -hmm. he have every, every intention on sending y'all to another dimension. Mm -hmm. Um. This is a very personal fight, obviously. Yeah. Uh, I think it's fair to say that both of them, uh, this is a grudge match. Even though I asked Tyson about it the other day, he doesn't feel it's that way. He just right. wants to get in there and fight. But I feel it's it's really personal for Deontay. Initially coming into this, I wasn't quite sure if it was going to be, because, you know, the, the, there is always the concern that if someone's a little too emotional going into a fight, that it could be a disadvantage. Right. But seeing him on stage today he was pretty composed given that tyson you could see where tyson was was trying to kind of yeah. get him to you know bait him a little bit to mm -hmm. kind of and we saw just a little bit of that towards the end where you could see where deontay want you could see right. the itch that right. he wanted to come out and, and sort of yeah, engage let me show you, these two guys um uh these two guys, even through violence, e yeah. even, even through the casualty of war, even through everything, this is a deserving trilogy. This is this trilogy is deserving, and like I just, 
as far as like when Tyson is up there and trying to get into his head and Deontay's not falling forward and, you know, being calm, cool, and collective, like, you know, that's good, but I need that same demeanor and that calm right when we hurt Tyson it's time to go finish him. I need you to be calm just like that. Mm. I, them the emotions I need to be in order because he's going to hurt him. The question is, when he do get him hurt, I want him to do the exact things he's been doing in training. And that's being very surgical, that's doing things from a fundamental systematic base and not getting over anxious and over committing. Right. So that's what I'm looking forward to. Um, in the lead up to before we got the announcement that he won arbitration, uh, I kept pressing the issue during my interviews with like Eddie Hearn and everybody, and I kept mentioning arbitration, 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 because I knew for a fact was there was no, there was yeah, that there was no definitive answer at that point. Right. When that was ongoing, because I remember Telly actually commented on one of my posts and was like, he has to fight Deontay first. Arbitration isn't over, right. and it just sort of clocked with me, and I, I just and I kept pressing the issue, and everyone seemed to be, I guess in in, in a in a confident state of that. AJ and, and, and Tyson were going to be able to move yeah, forward. We, what did you guys think of? Yeah. We didn't understand that at all because, I mean, it was even at times where, pe like, I don't know, Eddie Hearn and, 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 and Tyson, they, I don't know, that, that just, what that, that, I don't know. We're in a time where, like, going public about something that you're not unsure of is just a no-no. And they did that. Fury and Eddie Hearn did that. Uh, I don't really think AJ was really in that mix. He never went verbally. He always said that's the fight he won, but he never said it was going to happen. But the head case, Tyson Fury, did say it was going to happen. Mm -hmm. And he literally said it 11 hours before arbitration came. Mm -hmm. The whole time, I'm talking about not even during that week, months, we knew what was going on in arbitration. It was like, how didn't they know? Even if you thought they was going to lose, even if you thought we was going to lose in arbitration, you still shouldn't be announcing fights. Mm. That was a spit in a judge's face, and they got spanked for it. And they got spanked for it in a very, very righteous way, and I was happy with it because mm. we're here now to get a fight that Deontay deserved. It was contractual agreed to. They tried to go around him. That's another thing we're going to make them pay for October 9th. Mm. Uh, today, Mauricio Solomon said that the winner of this fight will have one month to either try to make the uh, the fight with Alexander Usyk, which is likely not to happen because obviously AJ is, is exercising his rematch clause, or so we hear. Um, but then it would be the winner of Dillian White versus Otto Wallen. Uh, what do you make of, of both of them, or I guess Alexander Usyk, as well as the who you think is going to win, a Dillian White or Otto Wallen? Uh, Dillian White and Otto Wallen is a very, very good fight. Mm -hmm. But Dillian is very very good at preparing himself for whatever style. Mm -hmm. And what I mean by that is Dylan, he, he knows how to go into, um, I, you could say a dark place during training. He know how to like really get, get himself up mm -hmm. for an opponent. And this guy is going to get Dylan up. Like Dylan's going to be up for this guy. So people mm -hmm. can expect a good performance from Dylan, but he's going to have to earn it from this guy Wilder because this guy is southpaw, he's tricky. He's a real southpaw. Not a stationary southpaw. He's a southpaw that his head is not on the line. You have to find it. Because some southpaws you fight, they fight literally just like this. No, this guy, he's here. Hey, it's Kaylee Cuoco for Priceline. Ready to go to your happy place for a happy price? Well, why didn't you say so? Just download the Priceline app right now and save up to 60% on hotels. So whether it's Cousin Kevin's Kazoo concert in Kansas City, go Kevin! Or Becky's Bachelorette Bash in Bermuda. You never have to miss a trip ever again. So download the Priceline app today. Your savings are waiting. Go to your happy place for a happy price. Go to your happy price, Priceline. 
Judy was boring. Hello. Then Judy discovered Jumbacasino.com. It's my little escape. Now Judy's the life of the party. Oh, baby, mama's bringing home the bacon. Whoa, take it easy, Judy. The Chumba life is for everybody. So go to ChumbaCasino.com and play over 100 casino-style games. Join today and play for free for your chance to redeem some serious prizes. ChumbaCasino.com. No purchase necessary. Voidware prohibited by law. 18 plus terms and conditions apply. See website for details. He's here. The feet is around. So he make you earn whatever you give him from that southpaw stance. So Dylan got his work cut out for him. But I, but I believe Dylan should pull it out, though. Mm-hmm. I do. But it's definitely a tough fight. I commend Dylan on taking that fight with Wallen because we've seen the trouble that Wallen gave Fury. Yeah. And it's not because Fury had an off night. It's because Wallen is that good. Mm-hmm. He can fight. Mm-hmm. People always get the narrative mixed up. It's almost like they look at a fight like Fury and Wallen and say, man, Fury couldn't even handle that. No, Wallen's a good fighter. That's what Tyson Fury couldn't do what he wanted to because Wallen is that good. Mm. And when I say that good, I don't mean some great fight. I mean, stylistically, his style is that good to mm. offset Fury's. Mm. Just, he just offset him. His style is stylistically good enough to make offset Dylan White. But I believe Dylan White is going to pass the test with flying colors. Dylan is tough. And in my opinion, probably one of the most underrated heavyweights in this time right now. I talk about the way he's built all the time. He appears short for some reason, but then when you get in the ring with him, he come across as every bit of 6'3". Then when you think you're out of range of him, you're not because his arms hang down past his knees almost. So he has this body frame where he appears short, so you think you're out of reach because you're thinking his arms are short when really you could be feet, feet away from him, but you're thinking you're out of range and he hitting you with an offset jab and like catching you while you think you're, you're not in range. I watch him box uh, Vladimir Klitschko and do incredible work against Klitschko. This one, Dylan wasn't even that experienced. And he wasn't like like he was hitting Vladimir a lot, but I kept wondering why he was having so much success with hitting Vladimir with a consistent jab. And it's because the length of his arms and Dylan have very good timing, very especially for his body type. He has very good timing in his mindset because he's an, another aggressive, emotional guy. So I, like when I see a guy like that having good timing, you know, I commend that because it's hard to have good timing when you're emotional because you just want to go. So some form of humility have to kick in when you say, no, I got to set this guy up. I have to do it this way. I, I want to operate it this way. And Dylan, he's still learning. He got a great, great trainer in his corner. I don't know how tight him and Harold Knight is or how how close Harold Knight is as far as the hair train or whatever, mm-hmm. but I advise Dylan White to keep Harold Knight close by because Harold Knight is who trained me and, and took me to Lennox Lewis. And he, he was with Lennox Lewis for 16, 14 years. And Harold Knight had his own career when he was USBA champion and fought IBF champion uh, and lost it to, um, uh, I think it was Rocky Lock, which he lost mm-hmm. it to. But Harold Knight is one of the best underrated trainers in the game. He's not a loud mouth guy. Mm-hmm. If he was here, you wouldn't even know. If you meet him, you, he wouldn't even talk about boxing with you. Right. And he's a boxing historian. He taught me uh, kind of how to go about being a student of the game with my film study. You know, mm-hmm. so, so Dylan got Harold Knight, and I advise Dylan to keep Harold Knight close by. Mm-hmm. Matter of fact, yeah, keep him close by and put him in a good position mm-hmm. where he has real say-so because mm-hmm. the knowledge that Harold Knight got is priceless. Like, it's, I mean, you got 14 years with Lennox Lewis, so that means you was around Pepe Correa for all those years. You was around Emmanuel Stewart for all those years, and you was with Lennox all those years, and you had your mm-hmm. own career. That knowledge is priceless. Right. Like, guys like Harold Knight, as far as trainers, should always have a job, a suitable job in boxing because they pay the dues. And he, you know, he's with Dylan White now. And you see how Dylan looked when he fought Pavekin in the rematch. Mm-hmm. He looked very good. And, you know, that felt good for me to see Harold being a part of that. Mm-hmm. Uh, lastly, Alexander Usyk yeah. 
So many people, <laughs> so many people wrote him off. They thought he was too small. They thought it wasn't going to be possible. I don't know if it's just that everyone sort of had AJ on a pedestal or if they just overlooked his talent altogether, maybe because of his last two performances at heavyweight weren't the strongest, uh, as we know. Obviously, the first time around, it was a last-minute replacement with uh, was uh, Chaz Witherspoon and then uh, with uh, Jarrett Chisora. So were you surprised at all with the outcome? Or if you could look at some of my, my interviews or some of my uh, uh, write-ups or whatever, I always told people that Alexander Usyk is like a master in the ring. He makes you pay for everything. He controlled distance so good with his feet, with his feints, with his decoys. He bring up... He literally manipulated AJ a few times, and AJ was the bigger man, and he brought AJ down to his actual height by fainting down and making AJ attend decoys that was down here. So it's like, so he's magical to watch for a fighter like me because I'm into the, you could say the pizzazz, the, the, the pizzazz and like the technicalities of the sport. So like, you know, watching a guy like that for me, and then being in the ring with him, Oh, it's like, <laughs> he's incredible. So we'll say. Because you guys have shared camps. Oh, I've yeah. been to tons of camps. He used yeah. to bring me. He brought me to Ukraine a few oh, times. Yeah, yeah. Uh -huh. To Ukraine a few times. Even when he trained in America, he always had me with him. And then he would do things like this. You know, what a good guy he is. He would do things like this when other overseas fighters, like mm -hmm. top guys like Alexander Povetkin and was getting ready for fights, he would call them immediately and recommend, yo, get Malik Scott over there, man. He'll be good for you. Stuff like that, it mean the world to me because this is mm. Usyk and he has his own mm -hmm. regiment of guys and everything. He's a good person. Um, I was happy for him to see him get the win. I don't. I, I think AJ can make the, the, the rematch much more interesting. Um, I don't think AJ need to fire his trainer because Rob McCracken is a very good trainer as well. I think that they may just need help and collectively come up with a better plan because if they stick with that same plan and nothing changes, Usyk is going to stop him next time. But you do realize that if Deontay is successful on Saturday night, y'all yeah. might that's be colliding. Yeah, that's where we're going. That's where we're going. We're going right for Usyk, and I think that's a dynamic fight. That's like a super yeah. bout. Uh, Usyk fighting uh, Deontay, like that, that is so super because you got to realize the reason why it makes it entertaining because even though Usyk beat AJ clearly to me, right? He still left out the fight with he looked his face was ah oh, he was in war, so that means he was getting hit, fighting Deontay Wilder, so you're getting hit. So now when I put that two together, it's all about how Usyk can deal with that power. Not only how Usyk can deal with that power, how do he deal with that power coming from a disciplined, responsible, humility having Deontay? The one that y'all about to see Saturday night. Mm -hmm. The one that sets things up. The one that is not over-anxious, over-committing. That, that fight is a very, very super fight, and I, I, you know, I'm happy I'm going to be a part of it because it's going to happen. We're going to knock out Tyson Fury Saturday. We're going straight to Usyk. No in-between stuff. We're going straight to Alexander. Because if they don't change that, uh, AJ, it, it'll be very, very bad next time. Alexander mm -hmm. doesn't, uh, uh, Usyk doesn't hit very, very hard, but what he does is have snap and he's very, very sharp. He hit AJ with that shot and buckle AJ lays. That's not because he's not a hard puncher. People keep forgetting. So we'll say everybody get the benefit of the doubt besides Usyk, to me, moving up to the heavyweight division. He only had two fights and he's undisputed heavyweight, not undisputed, he's he, he's unified, yeah. unified heavyweight champion of the world right now. He only had two fights. I know. Two fights there. <laughs> and people won't say, well, he looked like crap because he was he was in against a tough fighter like Derek Chisora. They say, they look at it like, 
Well, he looked bad against Chisora. Chisora's a good, tough fighter. Like, he's a tough fighter. Like, you got to earn it when you're in there with Chisora. Mm -hmm. That's anybody. You have to earn it. So I, I, don't, I, I didn't really count, like, those fights when he fought Chisora, when he fought Chaz, because I knew he was just introducing himself physically to the heavyweight division. But it's always been something that him and his camp scene in AJ, they always wanted that AJ fight. They did. They, they've been chasing that AJ yep. fight for so long. And looking at the back history of Usyk, he's been fighting heavyweights even in the amateurs. He got wins over Joe Joyce, who's, oh, damn, Joe Joyce is coming too. I forgot. <laughs> Joe Joyce is another animal that the heavyweight division is mm, on fire. I know it is. You get to talking about Fury and Wilder so much in AJ, it's like, damn, Joe Joyce existing and he's very violent as well. <laughs> it's like, shit. <laughs> He's like but, a um, damn wall. He's oh so God. big. Yeah, and he's very, very busy. Mm -hmm. um, uh, he has a great manager in Sam Jones, mm -hmm. uh, and he has an engine. i never seen nobody with the engine that Joe Joyce got. He can go and keep going, and as the rounds go, his engine gets stronger and stronger mm -hmm. and stronger. I don't think that's something you can condition yourself with. I think that's, you know, you know, God put a little bit more sauce on his on his man, because that's that's a little different. Like you know, I never seen that, and it doesn't matter who he's fighting, and this could be a good or bad thing. Joe Joyce style is is consistent. If you punch hard, he's coming to you. If you a pressure fighter, he's coming to you. If you uh, he's coming to you. All he know is I'm coming to you. Joe Joyce, he reminds me of like how an early George Foreman was. He give you an ultimatum. I'm coming. Can you stop me? No, I'm gonna fuck you up then. That's Joe Joyce style. Yeah. I'm getting in great shape. I'm gonna come. If you can take it, then it's gonna be a good fight. But if you can't, God be with you. Because mm. and then I box him tons of rounds too. He, he can punch good punches mm. to the body. Awkward. He's a better fighter and, and he's very deceptive. Joe Joyce. He's faster than what he looks. You get in there with him. He hits harder than the scene. Uh, he got credit. How many fights Joe got? Thirteen. 14, something oh, like that. I don't even know. Something like that. Either way, his resume is very, very good for that. What mm -hmm. he, had. he just stopped Takam. Takam is tough. Most casual will look at that fight and say he ain't fighting nobody. He fought Takam. He oh, fought no, Brian Takum. Jennings. Yeah. Brian Jennings is probably the most in shape physical heavyweight. In, like, and has, he has a good style. He's any he hurt Joe. Mm -hmm. And Joe won that. Like, it's like, you know what I mean? Joe Joyce is fucking coming too, man. I forgot. <laughs> Like, geez, that's going to make me think about other heavyweights. Like, damn, I forgot. Yeah, Joe is, he's in contentions, actually. Yeah. Joe Joyce is in contentions. He, like, because mm -hmm. I think Sam Jones is trying to get him to fight Usyk, is he? He's trying well, to, like, go curveball well, or something. Well, they were going to be, they were, they were supposed to be fighting for an interim title. Right. Right. That yeah. was eventually going to get uh, the winner and of. And they didn't fight for that interim title yet, correct? No, right, no. okay. Because remember how. Uh, Deontay won the arbitration case, right. and then Usyk yeah, then the went to right, right. Okay, yeah, yeah. But Joe Joyce is a problem too. It's like um, a certain like you give me a fighter. So we'll say my fan favorite fan friendly fights stuff that I would pay to go to, and I don't even really like going to fights a lot. Mm -hmm. But something I would pay my money to go to. You tell me Joe Joyce is fighting Dylan White. I'm paying my money to go. Oh yeah. <laughs> Come on, right? <laughs> Where I got to fly to? <laughs> Come on, it's like I'm paying my money yeah, to go. Yeah, it's just super fights like that. I wish could get me. That's like an animalistic fight. It, that, that fight has knockout stoppage, bloody noses, black eyes, good body shots, nice feints written all over it. Like, you're going to get signs, you're going to get brutal, you're going to get everything in that kind of fight. So, yeah, shout out to them guys, Joe, Jason, <laughs> Dylan. And shout out to all of them until they're on the other side. Right. I fuck with all them heavyweights mm -hmm. until Deontay Wilder's facing them. Mm -hmm. Then it's work. You know what I mean? So it's good, man.
Well, Malik, thank you so much for your time. Thank you for your patience as well. I know that uh, everyone over here has been so patient, but uh, I wish you guys all the best. Most importantly, uh, may the best may the best man win, mm -hmm. but also may you they both come out safe right, at the end of the day. That's yeah. all I care about. Um, any any final words? Deontay Wilder is remotivated, rejuvenated. Um, the man has done everything I've asked him in more in training camp. I've never seen him in this mindset before. I've never seen him create like this before, have an open mind like this. Before. You guys are going to see the best of him. Thanks for tuning in. If you if you haven't, uh, make sure you click the pay-per-view button and get with it because it's, you know, it's, it's one of the biggest fights ever. This is the trilogy. And it's a deserving trilogy. Mike Tyson fighting Evander Holyfield wasn't a trilogy because it wasn't deserving. Mike never caused Holyfield any problems. These guys have knocked each other down. These guys have hurt each other. Now we're here for the third one, baby. So get your popcorn and everything else ready. Mm -hmm. <laughs> Thank you so much for your time, Lake. I always appreciate it as always. Yeah, right. All right. Bye, fight fans. Sports Social Podcast Network. It's time for today's Lucky Land Horoscope with Victoria Cash. Life's gotten mundane, so shake up the daily routine and be adventurous with a trip to Lucky Land. You know what they say, your chance to win starts with a spin. So go to LuckyLandSlots.com to play over 100 social casino-style games for free for your chance to redeem some serious prizes. Get lucky today at LuckyLandSlots.com. Available to players in the U.S., excluding Washington and Michigan. No purchase necessary. VGW Group. Void were prohibited by law. 18 plus. Terms and conditions apply.